You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. We're back with our second show. Surprisingly enough, two shows right in a row. You're listening to Primal Radio. I am Jim McCann and my co-host from the UK... The man himself, Tom McGrath. Tom, how you doing, buddy? Very good, Jim. Very good. That's it? Very good. You want <laughs> yeah, to elaborate? Yeah. We'll get the intro to everybody. We can talk to Hey, and we're also joined by Alana once again. How you doing, Alana? I'm all right. All right. She should. And, by the way, uh, we have someone else. We talked about it last week. Our, our first show was kind of on how the show was going to be what we were going to do and how it was going to go about. And actually, it turned out to be a really uh, pretty good show. We got great feedback on it. Today, we'll be a little more focused, talking <laughs> about some of the topics we touched on last week. And we have another special guest who we were talking about consistently last week, uh, a friend of uh, our boy, Tom McGrath. Tom, do you want to introduce our special guest? Yeah, I've actually got a nice little segue because I've been like, you know, learning about... Um learning about radio and, and presenting. So oh, wow. I've got a bit of fan mail here. Fan mail? What, what <laughs> fan mail? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's from a young man called uh, who describes himself as King Carrie, who's a, a K-1 fighter from Molenbeek in Belgium. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he says, Nuken in de Kuken, which he says is Dutch for greetings from Belgium. <laughs> he says, love the show. Particularly the guy that sounds like James Bond. I don't know whether he means me or you there, Jim. <laughs> I'm not James Bond. He says, I cannot wait to hear from Dr. Watson this week. Nice. Oh, yeah. Good segue, yeah? It's uh, an awesome segue. So, so I'm going to introduce uh, uh, Dr. Watson, who's a good friend of mine. So Andy Watts, a.k.a. Dr. Watson, is a sales executive from England with a passion for boxing. He's a veteran of roughly 15 amateur kickboxing fights and a single white-collar boxing match. But above all, he's a boxing superfan. Studying at the School of Life, Doc Watson has led a fascinating (laughs) career, most recently being appointed head of sales for Japan um, for one of the biggest companies on earth. Now based in Tokyo, he lives with his beautiful wife, Eliza, where they're expecting their first child in January. Nice. Hello, Dr. Watson. Doc, welcome 16, to the show. 16 kickboxing fights. Come on. 16, don't, what? Don't, kickbo- don't, you, don't Doc, you had there, 16. <laughs> you had 16, what? Kickboxing bouts? Yeah, a long time ago. A, long, a lifetime ago. A lifetime, a lifetime ago. Yeah. And then, as, uh, as Tom said, I sort of decided to make a stage a little comeback about 13 years later and had a, a solitary white collar boxing belt. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, that was fun. That's probably the one I'm most so, proud of. So, yeah, yeah, I'm good. How do, how do you know Tom McGrath? I know Tom. Uh, I basically, I, I moved to London about uh, seven, eight years ago. And, and interestingly, Tom and I were both training at the same boxing gym. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like amazing uh, uh, gym in London called at the time it was called the uh, Real Fight Club. We were both training there, but we actually met through a mutual friend, um, and then we kind of like, yeah, I think I've seen you in the gym, and uh, gotcha. That's kind of that's kind of kind of, kind of how how we met. Uh, then uh, 
Do you come here often, I think is what you said. <laughs> he was trying to pick you up? <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. After a couple of Guinness, who knows what might happen? I try not to help myself. Yeah. Right, we try not <laughs> to talk about that. But but <clears throat> but anyway, so Doc, your expertise is in uh, boxing stuff. And a couple, so we're going to hit on, we're going to focus a little bit more on boxing today. And uh, one of the things that I, I don't know if you're aware of in boxing, this week, Jake LaMotta died. Did you know that, Doc? Uh, I I did hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a bit of a it's going to sound a bit of a lame excuse. I've, I've heard it, but honestly, my feet have not touched the ground for about seven days. Um, so I got my visa through last Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, in the space of five days, I managed to rent my house out, sell my car, ship my stuff, store my stuff give a load of stuff to charity, book flights, book a hotel, and get to Japan. I did that in five days. Five days. And then we got here Monday. And you didn't have time to know that Jake Lamada died. (laughs) So I kind of read the headline, but I haven't really... I got you. Well, just stop. We're going to talk about boxing. With Jake Lamada, you know, uh, in here, he was really, this generation, or actually the one prior, is that the movie The Raging Bull with... uh, Mm -hmm. Robert De Niro. Yeah, right. And, and Lamotta was a tough guy. 83, 83 and 19 with four draws. And uh, he had 106 bouts. Um, he was mostly well-known, for, obviously, for the movie, but hence fighting Sugar Ray Robinson, who's arguably the greatest boxer of all time, and beating him one time. I think one time they fought twice. Maybe, Doc, if you know better, that they fought twice within, I think, a week or two. Two which, weeks. Was it two weeks? Yep. Yep, there were six bouts. Six bouts, and one, so one was within two weeks, and that will ne- would never happen in the in, in these days. But he had passed away, and he was from the Bronx, and will be finally remembered, for, you know, in the boxing community. Yeah, you know, he kind of just passed with all the crazy news in the world going on. Kind of just passed it by. But anyway, but um, I, I, I think Fort Ray Robinson like four times or something. I think you did. You did what? Is that right? I think he fought like Sugar Ray Robinson three or four times. I think six times actually. Six. That's nuts, right? Mm-hmm. It's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Six times, that including time. the St. Valentine's Day massacre, which was what in Chicago. Um, let's see, was that what fifty? Let me out here, guys. Fifty one. <laughs> no, it was forty. Actually, it was pick a year. It doesn't matter. It was February fourteenth. February fourteenth. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and he won the, one of the fights anyway. And then his big claim to fame there is that he never went down. And despite, if you get a chance to watch, all those fights are on YouTube. If you're an old boxing fan, and you can mm-hmm. check them out. <clears throat> and uh, but anyway, you know one of the terms I'm going to bring it up, which is kind of weird. And you may or may not have heard this, but if you watch some of these old boxing uh, footage from the 50s and prior, the announcer would often use the term. And forgive me for this term, because is when a guy gets hit and get rocked, they would say. Tom McGrath's on Queer Queer Street. Have you ever heard this term? I don't know why you need to use me as an example. (laughs) Doc, have you heard that term? I've heard it, yeah. And it's true. I was watching something not long ago, and it was some old fight, and they're like, oh, McGrath, he's on Queer Street. When will he get off Queer Street? He's been on Queer Street for quite some time. I swear to God, it was a common term used. Obviously, today that guy would be fired. But uh, it was a common uh, term. But uh, I just thought I'd bring that little side note in. And talk it about- just kind of makes you imagine a guy sort of camply wobbling around the ring, right? Because yeah. he can't get his legs together. Yeah. So uh, you know, that's where the term. Not very PC, but 
But anyway, right, yeah. yeah. There's actually an interesting uh, quotation from, I mean, there's, there's the really well-known one where he said um, he fought Sugar Ray so often and he, he surprised he didn't get diabetes, something to that effect. Oh, wow. but, um, but the one yeah. that really was, was kind of poignant was uh, when he said, I fought like I didn't deserve to live. Wow. Yeah. So he left it all on the table there. Yeah, and you can see that in his style. Yeah, he, was a, he was a great fighter. But all right, so Doc, the show is yours, buddy. Did you have something that you wanted to talk about in the boxing world? Because I have a whole bunch of things to ask you, so I didn't know if you had any particular agenda as to what you wanted to touch on. Well, I, no, I not really. Uh, I just like, was you know, delighted to, to, to join you guys. I listened to the show last week. Thought it, thought it was really good. And, uh, you know, just happy to sort of chime in with some... Sure. some okay. Some right, well, chit-chat. Right. So here, let's go with what's... I'm going to add a curiosity. So I'm going to bring us to... And we'll catch on boxing. But out of the top 50 pay-per-view events of all time, right? So this is boxing, MMA, and wrestling. Um, right. and, and who do you think, uh, in, the, in the top 10, who, who's got the most pay-per-view the, the dollar amounts? How many tickets? How many things that they actually uh, I mean I don't know I, I know like from a boxing perspective Floyd Mayweather I think is the top pay-per-view boxing attraction uh-huh. uh, to, to, tell, to tell you the truth guys I've never, I've never like looked at any stats it yeah. probably might be some like WWE guy that, <laughs> that no, does bigger numbers well, I, well, I don't separate, know but yeah. I, think, I think it's like Floyd, Floyd Mayweather I think is in the top is, is in the top 10 boxing pay-per-view kind of nights. I think he's in that a yeah. few times. How about um, you? Any ideas, Tom? I, I, th- I have a feeling Tyson's still the highest um, viewing figures. I don't know about grossing. Well, uh, yeah. Well, here, the, here, uh, the top two guys are Tyson and Mayweather. Oh, so we got it right. Yeah, you did. That, that, that was good. So t- uh, Mayweather, four of the top ten, and Tyson, four of the top ten. Now with Tyson, who that get, get, give me the fights that Tyson was, who he fought, who were the his opponents in those top four? These are just questions. If you're a big boxing guy, you might Holy have a field. Right, that's right. Yeah, it's got it's got to be uh, Lennox Lewis. I would say it's probably got to be number one. I reckon Lewis is in Lewis there. Fight. Holyfield. Holyfield, maybe Bruno. even Holyfield one and two. Now Bruno was like number twelve, if you can imagine. I guess all the Brits um, ranked that back in the day. You know, Bruno didn't have a shot. Now. That's big for us. Yeah, that was big for yeah. us. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw one out there, but maybe that comeback fight he had against that Peter McNeely, which is embarrassing because that that guy probably never boxed before or since, but. I wouldn't be surprised if that got some high buys. That that had a lot of publicity. Well, I got to tell you, Doc, you just cemented your pure genius because you are absolutely correct. I mean, the fact, <laughs> that, you, the fact that you're able to pull out, that out of your ass, I'm all the way in Japan, is amazing. I mean, that's a lot to pull out. <laughs> Dude, that, how the fuck would you know that? Dude, that is so obscure. He's the doc. You are the doc. You are. You, I, I, we. I, dude. I thought there was no way in hell that you would have pulled that out. Man, has that been up there for a while? <laughs> I, was, I was. I was actually sitting here thinking, oh boy, like Tom, you didn't tell me I was going to get this, like you know, quick quiz. So um, yeah, he yeah, didn't know uh, that either because we don't do any preparation. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> no one has a fucking idea what I'm going to do. 
That was great. I mean, the, I swear to God that that was. I thought because when I read that, I was kind of shocked. But now that when I I look back at it, it it makes sense. I'm trying to pull up the exact number, but it was in the top ten. He'd come out of incarceration, hadn't he? And uh, it was his big comeback fight, if I if I remember well. Correct. Um, So here, so it was number nine out of top ten. It was August nineteenth, nineteen ninety five, at the MGM Grand, and it was the first fight that Tyson had after serving three years in prison for rape conviction. Uh, The fight lasted eighty nine seconds. And uh, Pete McNeely's manager ran into the ring to save him. And uh, really, I, but here's the deal. You got to give Pete McNeely some credit from back because he ran out there knowing he had no shot in hell. Runs out there swinging like a madman, hoping but something would connect. He didn't run from Tyson, which is he probably should have. But he probably got a nice payday for that. So that was number nine. Doc, I am impressed, brother. Tom, did you know this? <laughs> No, I can't even remember that fight. Now, you know your your job's on the line, Tom. <laughs> I can't afford to lose this job. That was Jim. great. So McNeil. So anyway, so here we go. Out of the top ten previews, Mayweather had four of the top ten. Tyson had four. Two with Holyfield, one with Lewis, and one with the world famous McNeely. Uh, now, out of the top ten previews of all times, you had Delahoy up there, Pacquiao one time, um, Lewis Alvarez, Cotto was in there one time. Now, okay, there's a couple not by the way, this is removing cuz this stat came out August 25th of this year, so this is prior to the McGregor um yeah. Mayweather fight, which I don't know, I'm sure that's number 1. I don't know the dollars. Do you have that? No, it was it was actually uh, Mayweather uh Pascal. Pacquiao? Yeah. Really? That that, that that was that was the shocker. Is that I did not know that. Two. Yeah. 4.6 so versus 4.4. What 4.6? Mm-hmm. For, for Pat yeah, think, Mayweather, yeah. yeah, and that was that was that was one of the things that was most shocking is that it didn't break that record. They I, thought it would, but it didn't. It, wow! And that that stat just came in, I'd say about um, twenty four hours ago. Maybe is maybe, that right? Yeah, yeah. So four, you're right. Here million. it is. So four point six million for the Mayweather Pacquiao, and you mm-hmm. said four point four four point four for Mayweather McGregor. Mm-hmm. That I'm shocked. I am shocked. But you know, Pacquiao and Mayweather thought. I mean, that fight they thought was going to be fantastic for years. Um, Doc, so if Mayweather and McGregor, excuse me, Mayweather and Pacquiao had fought four years prior, five years prior, what would have happened? Oh, beautiful question. Uh, I, I think Mayweather would have prevailed probably on points again, but I think it would have been a much, much more competitive fight um, it's hard to say. Pacquiao possibly could have pulled it off. Probably would have needed to maybe even have been six or seven years prior, and that's not unrealistic because you consider Mayweather. I think I think is is forty one or, or, or almost right. forty one. Um, so they both would have actually sort of been in their pomp, you, you know, six seven years ago. Um, Pacquiao has been on steady slow decline for quite a few years. I mean, yeah. still more than good enough to beat. You know, most top fighters, sure. up and, frankly, up until his recent fight. I, I think Mayweather would have probably t- took it on points because I think Mayweather's that good. But the old Pacquiao, you know, my God, could he fight? Oh, he certainly could. I mean, you know, and you know, Mayweather is such mm-hmm. an expert defensive fighter, very difficult to hit, mm-hmm. real tough. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it last week with Tom mm-hmm. fighting my my fighter scrap. That style <laughs> is difficult. 
and, and very frustrating mm. for a fighter coming forward, throwing punches, and you're having trouble hitting him and contacting and that guy touching you every time you miss or that they're just plain old not mm. there. Because you know as a fighter, by the way, when you throw a punch and you miss, Tom is pretty good at this. And Tom, how tired do you get? <laughs> Tom, how tired do you get? You get much you get tired much quicker. Yeah, it's like one of those video games with the energy bar going down. Yeah, it's just sapping right. your energy. Right? <laughs> right, which happens. So that, you know, that it had that fight happen, who knows? Um yeah, had it a change or not, I would have no idea. But uh, you know, people like to think about hey, if so and so fought so and so. But anyway, going back to this back to this list, one I want to give you one more thing before we switch topics here. Uh, there were two MMA fights in the top ten. Actually, there were three, um, and one will surprise you. So, what do you think the the MMA fights that made the top ten pay per views? You, you definitely know. Um, McGregor Diaz, right? One and two. McGregor, McGregor Mendes. No, that was the one I was now, at. McGregor- no, I reckon that. I reckon the the Hulk guy that came out of the wrestling. Um, Lesnar. Massive white guy. Yeah, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Um, <laughs> right. Well, he, he, that's good. So here's who, what I was. I just can't remember. I just can't remember. I just can't remember who he, who, who he fought. But, you know, I'm a bit of a casual MMA fan. Yeah. And uh, my brother's into it a bit more than me. I'm a you gotcha. know, so casual MMA fan. And I know that, like, for example, I have friends. I'm about to say I've got some friends and family actually they're into the wrestling scene. They were going nuts over this guy when he went into MMA. Right. So I reckon I reckon he figured in it. You had McGregor and Diaz in two of the two of the their two fights, one and two, were in the top ten pay per views. And now they're signed for number three, I believe in December. Tom, I don't know, do you know that day? I thought it was like December. I, I thought that wasn't confirmed. Oh, I thought okay, I thought it was, but it could be my mistake. Maybe you're correct. I know they're talking about it. Uh, so that obviously would be in that top ten here. And Doc, what you're talking about is Lesnar when he first appeared, he fought a guy named Frank Muir. Frank Muir is another pretty big dude. He's like six four, two sixty, which is much smaller than Lesnar. He ended up catching him in a toehold uh, in the first round. I think it might have been the second and finished him. But you know, because Lesnar was just a massive dude. And then added just a, a wrestling. Nine of the top fifty pay per view events are WrestleManias. God. The fake wrestler, as they say. But I got to tell you, it's extraordinarily entertaining. So when I went to. I want to know what a toehold is. What's that? A toehold. The to- What's a toehold? You don't, you don't know what a toehold is? No, I mean, I sort of know like an arm bar and a leg bar. Okay, so. I'm, it, but not a toehold. Right. So essentially, here's what happens I, I grab your, your, your foot, maybe from the side. I grab your toes and I put my hand in like a figure four position. I bend my arms together, I squeeze it, and I shove your toes up your ass. That's essentially <laughs> that is essentially a toehold. That's how I teach it, right, Tom? Yeah, that's exactly how you do it. Yeah, elegant, so, elegance, elegant. grace, efficiency. <laughs> that's it. But yeah, right. So but with that WrestleMania, I don't know if you guys have ever been with. I went to a WrestleMania. I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. I've had uh, George Animal Steel and uh, Jimmy Valiant on the radio show when we were back in the air before. The WrestleManias or the wrestling, the professional wrestling, um, is a huge, huge sport um, or re- sports entertainment, as they say. I went to WrestleMania at Giant Stadium or whatever they call it now in Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, it was a couple of years back. I think there was 97,000 people. The stadium was oversold. Tickets, the tickets I had were $400 a piece. 
I went with my son and I had a friend and his son. Parking was $35. You walk in. It was outside. You walk in. They had these huge booths with everything from uh, mock-up uh, title belts and dolls and T-shirts. And, you know, I bought my son a T-shirt and who knows, something else. I bought a sweatshirt because I was cold. It was outside. It's like 60 degrees. At the end of the day, it was like $1,000, you know. For, for everything at that now the interesting thing about this is there are guys there who will buy not these little plastic title belts from Toys R Us but they buy like real belts right they they sell for like four hundred dollars at the concession stand so to speak and these guys with these big beer guts and have it strapped over the shoulder with a Budweiser in their hand walking around the stadium I don't know man it's a different culture but I just I know it's Vince McMahon's doing something right and I'm not so I hope to be Vince McMahon one day but. Anyway, he's yeah. It was some kind of event, but it was pretty pretty spectacular. And the, the uh, UFC is kind of modeling some of its stuff after it because hey, it's all about the money in the end, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, so anyway, but, so that's it. But so, Doc, so t- tell me uh, on a side note, when you moved to Japan, why was it such a quick turnaround? Why five days? Uh, uh, uh well. I've known we were coming out here for a couple of months. So you waited until the last uh, week to do all the stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got to get the visas and all this kind of you know malarkey. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, you you can kind of talk about you know I've got to rent my house, I've got to sell my car, you know, I've got to do these things. But you can't really do it until you know you're going, until you've got those visas. And it just happens in my case that I've come out here to sort of manage a, a business that's in a bit of trouble uh i suppose um and i felt like i couldn't leave the team waiting any longer so you know as soon as i got the visas i was just said let's just foot to the floor i want to be out here by the end of september because otherwise i felt the team would have felt you know is is he ever coming um you know so so that that was why the sensible thing would have been to have got the visas and then kind of said right let you know let's go three or four weeks from now and then took a bit of time to to, to do stuff, but uh, I'm just kind of, you know, one of those. When once I once I decide, let's let's, let's do it, you know, let's sort of go you, for it. Good, Doc, how are you dealing with the um, cultural challenges over there? You know, they're renowned to be like sort of a bit more uh, uh, quiet and reserved, shall we say? Um, not to offend any of our Japanese listeners, but um, how, how are you managing <laughs> all that? Oh. Uh, you know, it's like uh, I guess I haven't really been here long enough to for, for, for it all to kick in because they're so polite that when you first get here, just everyone's just so polite to you. In fact, you've really got to be careful because they say yes to everything. So wow. you know, it's just like every situation you find yourself doesn't matter what question you ask, they nod and say yes. Well, so you can, yeah. There, yeah, I mean, it does, does sound all bad, does it? But. Well, actually, there, there are two things. One, that's very lovely. But one thing is that culturally, the height is just like, yes, I've heard you. So it could go either way, just as a warning. And the other thing is that they have seven levels of formality in address. So are you ready? Are you ready to break those out? Good. <laughs> I don't know what they are. <laughs> I don't know what they are, yeah. I mean, you know, I've just about got my sands from my songs, and you know, so I, I kind of, uh, you, you know, I, I've got my sort of general 
greetings down. I'm, I'm addressing everybody by first name, pretty much, and that, that's not really how they do it. But no. you know, they do last name Sam, so it'd be you know McCann Sam, and then maybe when they get to know you, they might move to Jim Sam. And then when they really get to know you, they may just drop the sand and just be Jim. Well, I, I'm pretty much going straight in with either Jim or Jim Sand, if you, if you know what I mean. And and part of that is deliberate because I've come here to try and westernise my uh, team and part of the business that I'm working in. So, you know, I've got to be, I've got, I've got to act and be a bit western and, and be respectful to their cultures, but not. Not like completely, otherwise we just won't get anything done. Because the, the Japanese way is to have like 10 meetings where, you know, in America or in the UK, you, you, you'd have one and you just talk about everything. But the, 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 the way here seems to be a little, you know, softer and uh, what are you doing or, there, Doc? Or more elegant. What are you doing in Japan? Uh, I'm general manager for a software business. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, it's a sort of a fairly, you know, we, we, I mean, I don't want to go like, you know, deep on it, but we, we were like a, a tech startup and we're yeah. now part of one of the world's biggest companies. They bought us um, and it's just like my part of the business, i.e., you know, the part that got bought. Uh, it's, you know, it's fairly small and, uh, and we need to grow it and we need to try and get them working in the way that we work in America and the way that we work in Europe. Um, you know, be a bit more bullish and a bit more, let's get out there, get it done. Oh, okay. Well, hey, all right. So it's interesting. I'm in a little hotel room. I've got seven suitcases around me. I can, I can I've got to play hopscotch just to get to the, to the bathroom. Right, uh, but I'm moving into my new apartment on Friday. And I can't wait. That's going to be well, uh, that's going to be good because awesome. I'll be squashed in. <laughs> All right. So, did you see the Canelo Triple G fight? I did. I oh, did. I thought it was. Uh, did, did you see it, Jim? I, you know, no. And I'm embarrassed. I just ha- look. I have had okay. so much going on. So, other than what I've read and a little bit I've checked out on YouTube, yeah. so I'm no expert on. So. But mine, just I'll give you what I've heard and what I've read is that the scoring was not was way off, at least by uh, the one judge. Yeah. And the other ones, that was reasonable, yeah. was, you know. But Golovkin, you know, uh, handed Canelo his ass. But your take it, on it? Not, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say he handed him his ass. It, it was a, it was a great fight. It delivered. It delivered like on on every level. I mean, there was no knockdowns, and neither of them were ever even really visibly hurt, let alone staggered, which is sort of testament to how, you know, great they are as boxers and both of them, how they've just got, I mean, Golovkin is like a robot. I mean, he took right hands off of Canelo that literally looked like they would have knocked down a, you know, a horse and he just didn't even bat an eyelid. But it was a great fight, delivered on every level. Um, You know, there was sort of some high-class boxing and then there was some real back-and-forth, toe-to-toe action. It's just, you know, then you get that scorecard and you and, and immediately everybody's focus just goes like, what? And you, you're focused on that scorecard. Sure. It was a close, was a close fight. I, I had uh, Triple G winning by three rounds. Um, you know, I think, I think quite a lot of people maybe had Triple G by two. Um, I've come across a few people that had 
a draw, and then I've not really, not personally really had anyone, you know, the, the Canelo winning other than, you know, some Mexican casuals. But it was one of them where, you know, Canelo probably definitely won the last three rounds. And for some people, he won the first three rounds. So, you know, they, you have a draw there, right? Yeah, six you're and sure. six. So it's sort of easy to see how you get to a draw, but impossible for me to see how you could get to 118, 110. And that, that, that for me is pretty troubling, really, because yeah. uh, it was a great fight. And, you know, Triple G shouldn't have a, uh, you know, uh, whatever his record is now. Oh, uh, and that's one, you know, because he's now got a draw on his record. He should still be undefeated. Yeah, no, I, um, so it's a shame. Well, look, this happens on all levels. I uh, We deal in at the gym a lot of amateur boxers, and I just had 10 fighters fight and, I don't know, four weeks, some ridiculous amount of fighters. And look, you don't agree with every decision. And there were decisions that I'm a, I've been a boxing fan and I competed for a long, long time. And I had this one particular fight. I won't even say who the fighter was. I had no qualms about that my fighter won. Nor did my corner. Quite honestly, even the opponent came over and goes, good fight, you got it, right? Walks away. You can see the disappointment on the faces of the other fighters across the ring. And they go, and out of the other guy's corner. And you're like, what fight were you watching? And you're just amazed. And I'm not sure if it's, look, there's, you guys, had, I know I discussed the, the involvement of the underworld in the past. No one gives a shit at the amateur level. It's just incompetence. <laughs> You know, but, you know, I did have one of my guys who's an avid boxing man said, you know, he, you know, depending, and it does matter where the judge is, I don't imagine it'd be 118, 110, where the judge is in relation to where the fighters are, where's their position, where's most of the action going on. So that can certainly mm. skew uh, how the judges see things. That's why, by the way, when you tell an amateur fighter, I don't know if you were coached this way or not, Doc, but, you know, get in the center of the ring because if you're on the other side of the corner, if you're doing work, that judge on the far side of the ring might not see what you're doing. Or at least clearly, he, he or she might not know if those blows were landing or they weren't landing. So that does change. Definitely. Yeah, it does change. So you got to get in the center of the ring so they can see it. But anyway, bad decisions will always be a part of boxing. It will never change on any level for a whole host of reasons. It, it, exactly. You know, and when you watch that fight, I'll tell you what, it was one of those fights where you, you, you might have, at the end, tallied up your scorecard and you thought to yourself, I've got Triple G winning this fight, you know, very comfortably. And then you'd add your scorecard up and be like, oh, I've only got him winning by one or two. You know, you, you, yeah. because the story of the fight felt like one guy really wanted it and the other guy was just kind of trying to nip and tuck and, yeah. you know, make it through, steal the rounds. And that was Canelo and Triple G was the guy that, you know, looked like he genuinely wanted it. After about, took about three rounds to warm up, and then he just walked forward, tried to take centre of the ring, had Canelo on, you know, on the ropes, cut the ring off like masterfully, you know, little step to the, you know, little step to the right or step to the left, and suddenly he's got him back in the corner again. Um, but then you had, you know, Canelo threw some real beautiful eye-catching punches, combinations, the, the kind of combinations where you watch it and you think, ah, oh, you know, I'd like to do that myself, you know, if you shadow boxing or or hitting the bag, you know, not nice stuff like that. So it was a bit of a, you know, what what you like. But I couldn't agree with you more. You know, take take the centre of the ring where everybody can see you and, and push the fight forward. Now, 
I think that's what you know you tend to say in the amateur game, right? You know, be right. first, be first. Right. Don't worry about what the other guys doing. Sure. Fight. You can't exactly. Adapt, all right. You can't wait to see what this other guy's doing. You're not that skilled. You got to go out and bring that fight to that guy. You know, in, in general. You, you, you know. You, you know what? A thing that often gets said is, um, if you're the challenger, you've really got to take it off the champion. I, you've I got agree. to leave like nothing to touch. You've got to absolutely take it from the champion and it's weird because i kind of i kind of get that because i think that's how it is so yeah. i think if you are challenging for you know either you're way fighting you're challenging you've got to go out there and absolutely take it away from the champion but i also think that's not how it should be the fight should just be judged on boxer a and boxer b regardless of who's champion or not because if you think about it, imagine like two 11 10 year old kids in an amateur boxing match one of them's like you know, in his hometown, and then the other ones travelled across state. Right. Uh, you know, that that's the kind of mentality that sees the away the away kid get uh, lose the fight when actually everybody knows he won. No and that's doubt. Not fair, right? And, oh, I and get, then, and I've then he, you know exactly. And any coach or parent would be like, "Well, you know, the away kid he's only brought his mum and his dad and like one friend with him, but he deserves to get the win." But right. you know, on that mentality of well, you're the away fighter or you're the challenger. You've got to destroy this guy for every minute of every round to get the nod. It's not really right, but unfortunately, that kind of is, is how it is, right? And you know, Boxing News, one of like the you know very respected boxing publications, they actually did an investigation into the judges. Yeah. Before the fight, because before the fight, they were like, we're so concerned if this goes the distance, Canelo will get this, will get the nod. They did an investigation into judges before the fight. I mean, what that tells you everything, right? Right, no doubt. Well, I was going to say there, there are actually two conversations going on here, both of which make it really, really difficult to try to to try to kind of divine some stability in the scoring, right? And so one of them seems to be just all of the variables that kind of happened to, are just like inevitable, like okay, location, you know, just. Number of things that you just cited, um, like home home ground, whatever, and or even like where that person is in the ring, and then there's the of course there's the shady question of everything else that is very interested. For example, like sugar um, with the Sugar Ray uh, and Jake Lamada with Lamada, there was also um, a notorious uh, fight that was uh, what was it in the forties where he uh, he basically agreed to. To go down, to take and, a dive, yeah. yeah, in order to to um, fight for a championship. Sure, sure, that but, used to happen. Yeah, a lot, yeah, right? that happened a lot. But but what I'm thinking of is, do you uh, do you remember the uh, in the Brazil the Olympics, uh, the most recent Olympics with mm-hmm. the uh, the Irish boxer? I was thinking of the 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 kid from Newark. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. And there are some decisions you were just speaking that they were patently um, just ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And so, where do you draw the line between? Bad judging, corruption. Uh, who knows? Okay. It's well, never going to change. You guys have no help then. Nah. Completely <laughs> benighted. All right. You know no. <laughs> I, I, have an, I have an idea, right? I think that because, you know, you say which side of the ring the judge is on. Maybe, you know, the action taking place is predominantly, mostly taking place in the, you know, the, the left side in one yeah. particular corner or whatever. And maybe one judge has got a skewed view and they don't have replays of, I think the judges should wear wearables. 
you know these like new glasses that have got HD cameras in that, that capture it? Yeah, yeah. Somebody may well have looked into this and, and, and poo-pooed it for a good reason, but wouldn't it be great if we could watch a video where we saw exactly what Adelaide Bird saw, where we could see the fight from her Oh, I got you. Yeah, that'd be kind of ropes. interesting, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then, and then we could be like, well, actually, do you know what? She's got a fair point. Half the time, the ref was in her way, and, you know, we're going to watch the fight now from the other two judges. Wow, it looked totally different from their perspective. Right. And, and it's like, it, this was just a freak occurrence. Or we actually watch it back and go, nope. That's pretty consistent with what the rest yeah. of the world saw. Ah. So Therefore, you're an idiot. So right. essentially what you're saying is that um, it would be taking the inevitable subjectivity out of perspective. Right. Right. Okay. That's, that's very yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, uh, but you'd only need to review it back um, yeah, when of there's course. a controversy. Right? Of course. It, it, Happily, you know, which wouldn't be very often, hopefully. But it might also make, make people a little bit more on point with what they're doing because they know more accountable. what I'm seeing can everyone else can see it later if need be. All right, how about guys that last week we talked about it? Um Joseph Parker versus Yui Fury. Mm. Did you see that? Oh fight? boy. <laughs> I did. I did. I watched it. And was it pathetic? Um you know what? It was strange because um uh, yeah, Huey kind of like to me shows so much promise. He's a you know, he's a, he's a tall, slim heavyweight. Sure. He's, he's not a big heavyweight, but he's, he's big enough, right? He towered over Parker. He moves like a middleweight. Uh, he boxes like a lot of the traveling boxers do. He actually boxes like a smaller guy, does things that you don't normally see heavyweight boxers do. Uh, you know, I, the, the traveling community boxers, a lot of them will watch you know, welterweights or middleweights. They see a particular move. I think, I like that. I'm going to try that myself. Whereas most heavyweights just, you know, box in a, in a, in a different style. Right? They box in a, in a heavyweight style. It's a little different from how the lightweights box. So, in times, Huey looked great, but there was just no malice in his work at all. He boxed more like a sparring partner, you know, that was sort of, I just want to do enough, but I don't really want to hurt the guy. Wow. He was like rat-tat-tatting this jab out. There was nothing on it. It was just tapping Parker. Parker was coming forward. It looked to me, uh, the quality of my, uh, um, I watched it on a stream, and it wasn't the best. But um, Parker's punches, a lot of them were missing, but he was the aggressor. And I just think overall, it was kind of like, how do I give this round to, to Huey when he's moving around and he's kind of looking nice? He's not doing enough. He's not really doing it anything. It wasn't working enough, yeah. You know, but... There was two scores of 118-110, and that was pretty ridiculous as well, yeah. to be honest. And the, yeah, I mean, uh, were they fighting for a title? or The WBO? They were. They, the WBO, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's a legit a legit world title, right? It I mean, is. Parker's, he's in the mix to fight. But how legitimate know, are those Joshua guys? Wilder or something. Right, I mean, like, is it what happens off, especially in the, yeah, back in a lifetime ago. I'm sure you remember when you had, you know, the titles are split a bunch amongst three different champions from different parts mm. of the world. They don't seem to fight each other, and as the time goes on, people care less and less. And then you get these guys who are substandard fighters fighting for titles that, you know, it loses its value. 
Like it gets to who gives a shit after a while, you know? Who's fighting? To, I bet you this got almost no coverage anywhere. But that's interesting. It was actually a YouTube fight. Did you know that? It's a YouTube fight. YouTube it was. What were you going to say? Well, no, I was going to say that this is interesting because, you, I mean, you're talking about one of the kind of a dissolution in boxing, right? Right. But, but one, of the, one of the points that a lot of people have made about UFC and MMA stuff, we talked about this last week about yeah. MMA and its lack of prominence or coming into itself kind of slowly, a fringe thing, is that the idea was that the, um, the fighters were spread out all over the world. Right. So, so what's happening now when you have the UFC is that you're you're getting you're actually in, through social media the very thing that's kind of splitting boxing you're getting them coming together, and I actually I, I, there was a great quotation by a writer um, from the Atlantic where he said um, that the UFC in, in 1993 their their first uh, event yeah. it was quote boxers fought grapplers sumo guys fought karate wizards and gorillas fought octopuses yeah okay not the last part <laughs> but it was cartoonish and impure and very very brutal yeah it was a different game yeah then. do you it was a completely different game back then yeah versus what's today but... so but do you see one going in ascendancy and one one falling and one one rising yeah absolutely well how do you feel about that as boxers Ah, I don't think it matters. <laughs> <laughs> I can oh, care. Oh, I see. I can care less. Hence All right, I, I got another going. fight on the on the four year doc. <laughs> how about Cotto versus uh, Lemmy? How do you say his last name? Lemieux. 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 Do you know this one? The better. <laughs> December second fight, HBO. Doc, did we lose you? Uh, no, I'm still here. I'm just uh, trying to think. Am I up on that one? Cotto. Cotto's fight. Lemieux, December, December 2nd in New York City. Because right. Cotto's up for a fight. One of the talks is Cotto fighting, you know, uh, uh, Canelo or, or Triple G in the future, too. So this is a fight December. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cotto's career is probably on the downslide. Uh, well, but. I was going to ask Watson about certain fights. Um, and I looked at that one in the list before. I've never heard of them. <laughs> so I, mean, I, I was <laughs> I was going to focus on the heavyweight ones, so to Joshua Pulev and um, uh, Wilder Ortiz. A bit more mainstream, Jim. It is. Do, 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 do you know what? I, I, I'm having a brain freeze, but uh, can't think who Lemieux is. Well, I guess it doesn't matter then. Moving <laughs> 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 on. Uh, well, maybe you should. Jimmy, you're sure they're professionals. No, no, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to admit ignorance. You're supposed to say, "I don't know as much about him as I ought to." As I ought to. You well, know. oh, right. now, I, now, it come to me. He's fighting David Lemieux, um, uh, the French guy whose name I can never pronounce. The guy who fought Triple G. And I actually went to, to, to Triple G v. Lemieux in Madison Square Garden a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and I have to tell you the truth, didn't realize that that fight had been made. Um, yeah. Guess that news hadn't made it to Tokyo. That, I think, is a, is a really interesting fight. Yeah. Um, Carter is definitely the better boxer, but Lemieux is, is a hard, hard man. Who punches very very hard? That's a that's yes. a good fight. That, yeah, that's a good fight. That, it, it's on, it's on HBO. I guess they have HBO yeah. over there, right? Did I did I recover from that? <laughs> Can you what? Take that back. Did I recover <laughs> there? From, I don't know who Lemieux is. Well, now you know. You can, we can edit that out. <laughs> 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 to save your ass. 
Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There, now, there, there's some great fights coming up, actually. I don't know whether, like, Tom, if you want to talk. Yeah, well, one second. I want to get one, your one shot on this about. first, and then we'll go, go to Tom's list. Is that because I, I don't know your take. I'm sure I, well, I can imagine what is that McGregor uh, Mayweather fight. What were your takes on that? Uh, I thought it was a, you know, it was a, a, a bit of a circus event. I, I didn't really like it at first, but I was intrigued by it from the get go. I, I knew I'd buy it on pay per view right from the start. Sure. Um, Did you have a choice? It, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I've sort of watched just about every Mayweather fight, and I've kind of always supported his opponent. This was the only time where I supported Mayweather. That's fine. Um, you know, I, I know you, you guys are, are like, I don't know where, 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 where you sat on that. I know you're sort of very much into the boxing and the MMA scene, sure. scene Jim. I just, you know, McGregor for me is a, he's a great MMA fighter, but I just, he just sells it too much. You know, I just find his banter just too disrespectful. And uh, I, I, can be, I guess I'm a bit old school. It's funny at times, but, I, I, I wanted to see Mayweather go out there uh, and, and, and take him out in a few rounds. I thought he would, and if I you know, went a bit differently, uh, I've never seen Mayweather box like that before. I don't think sure. anybody has. I think no. he, he, he boxed in a different way that, from what he, he normally does. And that, that definitely made for a more interesting fight. And fair play to McGregor. He, you know, he, he did pretty well, actually. Yeah, actually, I think that some people criticized me whether it's performance as being an extremely boring game plan. So, I don't know. But um, I that's think how it's, I always fight. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. But I, I think that also, um, I mean, McGregor's favorite strike is is a knee. So I think that that kind of how do you get into a context where maybe your go to favorite say say you do a say you do a great shovel hook right. Say, say that's your thing, your, your go-to thing. Um, or say you're known for your, 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 your straight right, whatever it is, um, that devastating blow of yours. And um, you can't do it. Well, it's very difficult. Well, no, I'm, so I'm saying if, if that were the, just, just by virtue of the rules yeah, of boxing, right? If you just took out, okay, oh, no hooks. You know, but what? you're like, but I'm a hooker. What? Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Do you want to take, do you want to say? <laughs> yeah, I think we should edit that out. Um, well, here's especially the deal. out of context. Right. I, I quite like devastating blows. <laughs> Uppercutter. <laughs> Uppercutter. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, how was your date? Wait, wait, hang on. We're going to get to that. Real quick. Yeah. So I'll give you an example, right? So last night we had this fighter, Kaysan, came into the gym. Now, he trains at uh, my buddy's gym in Pennsylvania. At Tri-State Martial Arts, real good fighter. He's an MMA fighter, a Thai boxer. And he, uh, through my conversation with him and his coach, I said when we had an event back in August at Primal Gym, why don't you try boxing? So he came to my gym for a couple months. His hands were pretty good. And initially what he had, he had issues not being able to throw a kick or take the guy down, right? And he's got very good hands for a kickboxer. There's a difference having very good hands as an MMA fighter and having very good hands as a boxer. So it's completely different worlds. Well, he went and had his, his fight. He's got a, an M, excuse me, he's got a Thai boxing fight in about two weeks. He came into the gym last night to spar this up-and-coming fighter. Now, Kaysan hadn't been to my gym in about a month now. Been working primarily on Thai boxing. You could see absolutely day one that his hands went to shit in comparison. He wasn't used to him, used to falling up with kicks. He had trouble not wanting to throw kicks when he was trying to punch. So for McGregor, from that aspect, 
it does become a challenge. Can you compartmentalize and separate yeah. that in your little brain? I can't kick them. I can't tackle them. I only can do this. Also by the, the fact that you're only, you're used to defending all of those things. And now you're mm-hmm. into a finite game where it's just above the waist for the most part. Also, the other problem you might, will have as an MMA fighter or as a kickboxer just doing boxing is the fact that that skill level is so much greater mm-hmm. uh, when you're just fighting a boxer. And you're like, wow, I'm not used to that. He, as case on the hand speed just killed me last night. He was getting t- tattooed. And he's a very <laughs> good boxer. But this mm-hmm. kid, you kind of put him in his place. On a side note, we do get guys who come in from other places who are kickboxers and MMA guys who want to work their hands. And in general, they get slaughtered by a guy who's been at my gym for a couple months. Because they're, exactly. They're better boxers. Yeah. But you think the distance is also a big, big factor, Jim? Oh, absolutely. You, you know, McGregor's used to fighting guys where. You, you, you know, you could probably sort of maybe even four, five, six feet between them and strike him from a distance. Right. And, and box his fight in the pocket, right? right? Look, so it's it, such a big difference. Right. If McGregor had, I, I believe it was um, Freddie Roach, he, he needed five years to get him ready for that fight. He would have never beaten okay. him in any chance. And he did a valiant effort, and I applaud him for that, but he wouldn't have beat him. Now, Quintus, what do you think of had Triple uh, Excuse me. Had McGregor fought, you know, Another fighter like Triple G, do you think it would have even gone past three rounds? Uh, no, no, I think if I, I actually think you could wind it down a notch and go way down the levels from Mayweather, Triple G. I think you could go all the way down to domestic. I'm not really up with the domestic US fighters, but you could go to sort of domestic US or domestic British fighters. I think he would have been out of there in about two or three rounds. Um, because those guys would have. Um, Boxed in a different way to Mayweather. They would have come out, and the first punch or few punches that McGregor threw, they would have slipped and countered. And I've got no doubt about it. They would have count, you know, would have counter punched him very quick and then followed it up. But Mayweather fought in an odd kind of yeah. walking forward. Yeah, it was a bit of an unusual style for Mayweather, it, right? Which yeah. I think I think it gave. You know, not taking anything away from McGregor, but I think it gave McGregor a much, a much better chance. Uh, Mayweather's not not a, a big like middleweight anyway, so he was obviously a bit. You know, I want to go out there and see what's what, make sure that you know this guy doesn't punch like a mule, like he says he does that that sort of thing. I think sure. like a Triple G would have done him in, in probably inside a, a round, and um, as would have a, of a Canelo, and then I think your average, you know, decent. Domestic level fighter probably would have probably would have been two or three rounds. Because you know, the reality is, in my opinion, say he took five years to, to get there. If he'd have gone on a proper, you know, boxing journey of, of you know fighting his way up, you know, I think we all know that he would have found his level, and his sure. level would have been sort of somewhere sort of average domestic. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing. he would never would have got there. He never right. would have got that fight. Right. You know, so got, got the fight based on who he is and what he's achieved in, in MMA and. You know, fair, fair, fair play to him for, for, for that. Nice. Hey, real quick, um, is because before we go to your list, Tom, about what the upcoming fights is that you have a list of. There's two big heavyweight fights I, I thought were worth talking about. You did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, You've changed your opinion. Do, do you want to tell us? Do you want to keep it? <laughs> Is it a secret? <laughs> you said before I go to the list. I did. So I oh, gonna... oh, 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 that's just... true. Oh, you're going to hold on to it. You're listening to him? What's going on here? Come on. No, I no, just wanted no, to make sure you're like on point. You're quiet today, Tom. Why are you quiet? Uh, so I'm just listening. I'm listening and learning. 
Oh, okay. Well, here's what we well, two, two ears, one mouth. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. That that doesn't work for me, um, <laughs> as we know. But hey, real quick, before we do that, because look, we, you you touched on a, a thing last week. We were having we were discussing when the show is going to air, what's going to go on, and then you had said that you had a date on Friday night. Yeah, we've been waiting to hear about. That. Did this happen? It did happen. It did happen. Yeah, it was. It was. Um... Can you give us the blow by yeah, blow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of that. Um, there is quite a funny famous. element to the story. Yeah. Right? So, so basically, so, so I go to meet her in an area like round by London Bridge. Um, in case you're like an axe murderer and, or something. Yeah. I don't look yeah, up Tinder, yeah. by the way. That's uh, a lot of yeah, but it's a famous place. You guys probably know it. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm at a, a pub waiting for her to show up, mm-hmm. and your phone sort of uh, links to. You know, the mobile numbers that you're sort of messaging or phoning often like pop up then as like potential friend requests in Facebook. Gotcha. So, Wait, so, so you're somewhere and it, her name would pop up and it would say, hey, whatever her name is, Sally's in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, no, not exactly. But it's, it's suddenly she's in a list of potential friends. So I click on her. Gotcha. So, so I'm about to meet her five minutes later. So yeah. I click on her. And it says, in a relationship with some guy. Yeah, Ron Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a great story. That would have been awesome. So I I, I saw that and I thought, do I bring that up or do I not bring it up? So we had a drink and we're getting on great. And um, we we went and had dinner and we went for a nice walk. And where we were in the centre of town after a certain point, so it's about 1 a.m., and it's like there's no, there's very few people around, so it's kind of beautiful and romantic. Anyway, she messaged me the next day, going, "I had a magical evening." A magical. she had a great time. Magical. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, have that's... you ever had a date in your entire history of dating you know, that anyone said it was a magical evening? No. Wow. No, What'd you do? Bring, it was a did, you, did you bring all the charm? What happened? I think. Uh, it is quite romantic around there, and you've got all the lights, and you know, in the so, city, and so you're blaming the atmosphere, and you're not taking any credit for this. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll do a good job, you know. So, so anyway, <laughs> so, so, so I kind of we've walked over like over the Thames, River Thames, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, she, she's going to get a taxi back. You know, I'm kind of like doing the old, you know, you can come back to mine if you fancy it, and all that kind of thing. <laughs> anyway. So I'm peering over her shoulder a little bit, on a, and on her phone, she's got the screensavers, like her and another guy, as That's well. So, 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 again, I've not mentioned it, but then the next day, I've, I've, I've messaged her and I go, "Look, I've got to ask you about this. Um, you know, these these things are a bit weird." And she goes, "Yeah." So, have a seat. Yeah. So she she says this fellow's like you know been. They're, they're working things through and she's he's he's cheated on her or something like that and um i don't so, so i don't know whether she sees me as like the revenge guy or uh, uh or, or what really but um yeah i don't really know where we go from there but uh yeah, yeah i basically rumbled her which you won't know what that means but like sort of i, I you know I, I i discovered her plan gotcha oh, I see, I see. and then yeah, so, so we'll, we'll see where that one goes but um not overly optimistic. Uh, well, what, then more detail, please. No, just kidding. Yeah. So, what, so, so at that point in time, was that uncomfortable? Like, what do I do now? Well, no, because on, on the day itself, I didn't mention it. You know, we had a little kiss at the end. and yeah. um, After this conversation uh, or prior? 
the, the next no, the next day I messaged her that conversation. So oh, then, all, oh, I, I, I thought this happened. You mulled when... it over afterwards, seeing that screen. Yeah, yeah. It was well, yeah, side. yeah. I thought it would ruin the mood to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you wanted you to be magical, wrong, right? Yeah, you wanted to cast yeah. your spell. Obviously, we see how you're <laughs> magical. All right, you are. <laughs> and then, so what? So what next? I don't know. What is? I don't know. So my, see, my friend, when I went to the football on Monday night, my friend was like, you want to be that guy. You should 100% be the guy that is the distraction and uh, um, <laughs> helps her get over it and all that. And I'd, I'd, maybe he's right. I don't know. So I've got to make my mind up, really. Or send her back flying into his arms. <laughs> One of those two things will happen. <laughs> yeah, the latter's probably more likely, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like there's a couple of fun nights out there, Tom, at least, right? Right. So, you know. That is excellent diagnosis, Doc. Yeah, I think I think you might be right. We'll see. It's the kind of thing, you know, if I have a drink, it might seem like a great idea. Oh, like a booty call? Yeah. Hey, there you go. All right, well, <laughs> anyway, let's, let's get back to the boxing. <laughs> just, wait, wait, before we do, I just have to say that all week I, I was under the misconception that I was really confused about how you could be meeting somebody on Tinder because I thought that that and Grinder were the same. Grinder's the gay one. <laughs> yeah. no, yes, it is. What, what the fuck is Grinder? <laughs> and so I, I thought... It's well, like the gay version yeah, of Tinder. Yeah, so I was... Whoa, very, hit out. Yes, I was confused because I was like, well, I didn't get that impression from him. That's and and so yet funny. I think that this is only for that. So um, I just wanted to let you know that, that all week there was great confusion. I mean... It was she very. Figured it out. Yeah, I figured it out. I, I figured think it I out. Hopefully, use the word yes. she. <laughs> you did absolutely, absolutely. That's hey. that's part. That was part of the confusion. Whatever works for you, brother. Yeah. Um, all right. So what? Yeah, let's go because we got to wrap it up a little bit. So why mm. don't you do the final thing with Doc here and ask? Uh, go over the. the... Yeah. So, so Doc, I thought I'd bring up the, the two big heavyweight fights. So we've got the twenty eighth of October, Pulev Joshua. Um, Joshua's obviously, you know, a. a British heavyweight champion, which is exciting for us over here, but hopefully he's yeah, building how, a following. How in the often US. does that happen? Um, a lot. We, we actually, a lot. <laughs> what's a, we've got about thirteen world top champions. I think 13. right now uh, the US could learn a lot from us, right? Ah, <clears throat> yeah. We, we, British boxing's on a bit of a resurgence at it the is. moment, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure the. Uh, what uh, um, well, money you guys could probably probably Google it, but I, I know that at one point um, recently we had thirteen world champions, which is more than we've ever had in, in history. And uh, you know, I mean, that's that's got to be right up there with with probably any country really at any yeah, time. Yeah. I, th- I think we've lost a couple. You know, Kelbrook fought. Um, um, I've forgotten his name, but. Uh, Guy from the US who who beat Kelbrook, stopped him in the eleventh round and, and took his belt. And I think there might be one or two others, but yeah, some we 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 got you know really good stuff going on in in, in the UK. You know, because I, I think back to when I first sort of started really following boxing. You know, we, we we'd have like one or two world champions at any one time, right? And the vast majority would 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 be in America, really, or Mexico. So. um Good times, good times in the UK for boxing at the moment. Oh, yeah, well, it, it, but, um, real quick, because and right, the, the UK is doing it's a phenomenal boxing country. But we were, last week we were talking about the amateur boxing, how the Americans did not mm. medal in the last Olympics, and really we t- we got off the track. And I never answered that question. It was about quite honestly, probably the British fighters, the amateur fighters in the UK and in other parts of your, other parts, some parts of Europe have no boxing whatsoever. 
or to speak of or worth mentioning, uh, it's probably that the fighters are better disciplined and better taught. As you were at your point, Tom, you're talking about the money aspect, what every kid here wants to be Mayweather, not as disciplined in general. Uh, and there, there's a big movement to try to tighten that up because every kid wants to be. Look, it looks much cooler fighting like Floyd Mayweather than keeping your hands up and doing proper Olympic boxing style. But I don't know. I just wanted to, I wanted to answer that. I'm glad that kind of got brought up. But that's in general what's happening. So Europe, the U.K. in particular, are having better um, – geez, what's the word? Better – well, from the get-go, better trained fighters. You know, well, that, we, we over the amateur boxing system in the UK got uh, a big cash investment. I think it was about five or maybe it was seven. I'm not. I'm not sure. But you know, some, something like that. But, um, I think it was like just just around the sort of 2012 uh, Olympics, and, and we've now got these like real world class yeah. facilities up in Sheffield. Uh, we've got an ex professional world super middleweight boxer called Richie Woodall that, yeah. that heads that up. And so, so the amateur boxing program in the UK now is like, you know, one of the best in the world. It is, the, the, it is. So the guys are getting the, 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 I suppose it's probably like, like, you know, like it is anyway, you put your club level stuff, but then the guys that have got that talent and get spotted, they get put on like a fast track and, you know, they're boxing internationally. They're getting, they're getting the sparring, they're getting to do some sparring and work with the pros. They, they you know, they, they've, Traveling around Europe and, and the US, and they're so they're 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 a lot better now. I think our boxers in in Britain, amateur and pro, are are, are better than they used to be. You know, not obviously. I'm not talking about the exceptions. You know, you you always got your your Nigel Benz and your you know and your Barry McGuigans and your Lennox Lewis's, but just generally speaking, the 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 boxers that we've got, they're, they're all our world champions and a bunch of others who are not world champion yet they're like they're really really classy fighters now perhaps that's why uh why mcgregor got where he did in terms of just boxing right i mean to the mayweather fight right or are you going to mcgregor's irish i know he is i was about to i was about to ask you're saying the uk so I was going to say, <laughs> no, are you thinking? Different. Are you thinking? Well, I I do understand that. I do thank you though. But um, I appreciate I appreciate it nonetheless. I did pass seventh grade geography a little bit. No, kind, I, I well, no. Uh. Right. So so no. So Scotland, Ireland. You know, I mean, are One you are you island. are you just uh, discounting those? I was going to ask you earlier. Do they you count in your British boxing? England or yeah, no, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's an English boxing stuff that I was talking okay. about. Okay. Um, probably benefits the other got the other countries, as you know, Wales oh, and Scotland okay. and Ireland as well, because they probably get to to compete with these guys. No doubt, but they're, they're on a different they're on a different, uh, so the different program, so right? United. All right. So, what's your next fight, Tom? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's uh, uh, Joshua Pulev and um, Wilder Ortiz. So or, or, Wilder Ortiz is on the fourth of November, the weekend after. Obviously, another big uh, heavyweight battle. Okay. I think both fights are, 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 are quite quite good. I think, you know, at the end of the day, Pulev, great amateur, um, you know, has that proper amateur pedigree. Um, he's a very skillful boxer, but he was, you know, he was properly knocked out by Klitschko, and I expect Joshua to, to run through him in probably about five or six rounds. And, you know, it's not disrespect to Pulev because he is good and he can probably compete 
quite well with all of the other boxes, but you know, Joshua is a, a bit of an animal, and I think will be like very confident coming off of that, you know, war that he had with Klitschko. Um, I think he's too tall, too big, hits too hard, too fast. Um, I can only really see Joshua, you know, taking taking that, you know, by by, by a stoppage, five six rounds personally. Um, and then Wilder, Ortiz, that's an interesting one because you know that Ortiz, you know, was a great amateur. He had like three hundred, over three hundred amateur boxing matches and lost, I think, like less than ten percent. He was a really, really good amateur. But he's pretty old. I don't think anybody knows exactly how old he really is. A bit of a, a, a mystery, and he's a bit economical in his in his boxing. You, you know, uh, you might say a bit a bit lazy. Um, and definitely, he possesses more skills than Wilder. But Wilder's tall. You know, I like it when Wilder throws those big looping amateurish uh, punches. I, I'm not really a fan of the way that they're trying to turn him into a sort of a better boxer, if that makes sense, just because yeah. I just don't mm-hmm. think he's ever going to be a particularly good boxer. But the, the way he lets his hands go, it's very amateurish. But yeah, I've not been impressed by his footwork when I've seen him. But um... well, how, how do you stand up to that, right? You've got a guy who's whatever he is, six foot six, or, you know, he, he, when he lets those hands go, and he's kind of throwing these left-hand, right-hand haymakers, you have to be very composed and very skilled to be able to stand there, slip those, you know, and and hit him straight down the pipe, which I think somebody like Joshua would do. But Ortiz, a little bit shorter at around 6'4". Like I say, I think, you know, he's pretty old. He's he's not that quick anymore. Skillful, yes. Experienced, absolutely. Got a chin like, you know... He's got like a heavyweight version of a Marvin Hagler chin, you know. So he's going to take some bombs off of Wilder, but I think Wilder probably can get through that fight. It's not, it's not an easy one because, you know, you never really know with Deontay Wilder, right? He, he can, sure. he can look a bit, he can look a bit um, open and and you know in trouble at times, but then he usually finds that that bomb or that bomb squad or whatever he calls it, you know, and and, and gets him out of there. I, th- I think he probably takes it on points. Jim, I appreciate we're short on time, but may- maybe uh, just just maybe sure. before we wrap up, um, what, what's the level of interest like in Joshua and the heavyweight game you know, uh, uh, over there at the moment? Josh Joshua's massive in in the UK. Oh yeah, he's um, not, not as big of a star over here, obviously. But the true boxing fans do, do think he's you know a phenomenal fighter. But it doesn't, yeah, it's not. It's not there. there they have to fight over here more often, you know, be a part yeah. of it. One of the things Klitschko never rose to that heights of popularity in the U.S. because, hell, he only fought in Germany, you know, and uh, I get it. He'd fill up an entire stadium, but he never had that financial impact or that wow factor anywhere in the U.S. Sure. He only fought a handful of times. So I think they have to make that connection to the U.S. audience. Fight in Vegas, that's the bottom line, you know. If you're fighting overseas – it is a world title, I get it, but you know, countries yeah. want to see. So I think he can have both Europe and the U.S. 
you know, but he's got to be over here fighting, you know, guys yeah. that people want to see. And, of course, the challenge, too, is you could be the greatest fighter. Like, Lennox Lewis was a phenomenal heavyweight champion. He was great. The problem was there was really nobody around. I mean, he fought everybody, but there was no one that exciting. I mean, the big, you know, was him fighting, you know, Holyfield at the end of really Holyfield's career uh, for the most yeah. part and Mike Tyson at the end of his career. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the, who is the big Polish fighter who uh, – uh, who gave him a Go, Yeah, who gave him a hole. Yeah, look, if you punch a guy in the balls a couple times, you know, it changed. But those are great fights for how they lasted. But that was a – Lennox never kind of – as a true boxing fan, I appreciated what he brought to the table, but never really got that um, – the love, I guess, is that he probably could have deserved. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One of those fighters that has missed a bit, a bit more after he was gone. You recognise the talent. You watch some of those fights back, and you go, oh, "There was, there was some skills there." Yeah, but anyway, that's yeah. it. Hey, but here's what we got to do: is we're going to have to wrap it up. We ran out of time. We're going to, uh, we'll be back next week. Now, here's Tom. Here's what we're doing: is we're going to not only broadcast the show at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but we will be broadcasting at 9 p.m. UK time. So they're going to be broadcast twice on Saturday night. So we are a five-hour time difference away from London to New York, correct? Tom, that question is for uh, you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it was so international now. It's, uh, it's, it's tough. And we got Japan. The, so so, here, so it, it'll broadcast <laughs> here at uh, 4 p.m., on Saturday afternoon, which will be 9 p.m. in the U.K., and then it will broadcast again here at 9 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time. Does that work for you and your millions of fans? And your social calendar. And your social calendar. <laughs> I mean, what, Tom, is that right? That is so good. Video. See, Tom, now you got to take out and say, oh, yeah. that's funny. My radio show is on now. I'm I mean, not just magical. I'm mythical. Yeah, I, no, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I say I've, I've listened, listened to it a few times, and you know, I'll keep... Keep working on it. I mean, uh, what, what time's it going out in Japan? Because, you know, we've probably what? got quite a big following there now. Well, Japan Dr. Being, Dr. Watson. Well, four in the morning in Japan. How far is Japan? What's the time? It's got to be, what, 10 hours, 12 hours from New York? Uh, like 13, I think, actually. 13. Um, well, shit. Well, eight hours ahead, yeah, eight hours ahead of, of, the, of UK. the UK. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I might uh, I might invite you know the the, the office round my, my my new apartment to have a, have a radio party. You'll just have to listen in the morning the next day. That's karaoke party. The karaoke. But anyway, so oh, right, and then Doc, what we're going to do is we're going to touch you and try to get you on the show, uh, obviously, and continue that boxing. Uh, you know, format. Tom and I will talk about next week's guest. All right, and what yeah, we're going to do with that. We got cut off towards the end of last show, and we were just about to discuss my theme. Oh, that's so funny! Oh. <laughs> we have your uh, there. Oh, look. Uh, did you not get the contract? <laughs> did you not read the fine print? You know where you know, like yeah, well, like in the bottom of a medicine bottle. If you take this, all these bad things will happen to you. But it'll help take care of your blood pressure. You know. That's sort of where our contract is. But anyway, every week, Primal Radio, we will have interviews with top athletes, coaches, celebrities like Doc Watson and entertainers along with a reverent opinionated talk of the world we live in. Uh, we're listening to in over 170-plus countries. We'll be airing every week, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 9 p.m. U.K. time. Tom, did you want to promote anything? Um. 
No, I, I could do with a new job. If, if so, Tom, <laughs> if, if Tom's looking for a new gig, uh, uh, you can reach us at you know uh, primaljimnj.com or hamiltonradio.net. Yeah, uh, Doc, need a jingle for it. Uh, the jingle. We're working on Doc. Did you want to promote anything? I no, just love it. <laughs> Visit Japan. Get your tickets for the Tokyo 2020. No, I'm joking. You know, the 2020 Olympics is a lot going on. But uh, no, it's good, 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 good fun tonight. Thanks. It was for having good. Me and look, show. we'll have you back in the probably next week. We'll set something up and we'll and we'll talk about the fights. So it was great. You did great. You, look, the fact that you knew that McNeely and Tyson were on that top ten pay per view was it was look that was the uh, what's that show uh, Jeopardy and not yet unpacked. Yeah, and not I told yet. You, I told you. I told you it was good. It was good. Better than me. Trivial Pursuit. Yeah. Which is not easy to be. Genius. <laughs> 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 like, all right. Video, man. Guys, hold on video. after we shut down here. You guys are listening. We are listening to Primal Rated. We'll be back next week. Peace out. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.